0: Going on, you guys. This is episode 13 of the Nabi Design Podcast. And in this episode, we sit down with my good friend, Will Chung. Uh, Will is the director of a regional ministry uh, out in Orange County, California, called the Meeting Place. Uh, and in this episode, we specifically talk about the power of leadership. Uh, but really talking about the timeless truths or uh, as some would call the timeless principles uh, around leadership. Uh, I believe that this episode is filled with tons of golden nuggets and a lot of practical wisdom. And I feel like if you're in any uh, shape or form in leadership, and even more specifically in spiritual leadership, uh, I would say I think this podcast is really going to speak to you. I hope you guys enjoy. Check it out. What's going on, you guys? This is Andy Un, and this is another episode of the Navi Design Podcast. And uh, I'm actually super fired up. I'm really excited uh, to get into this podcast today. Uh, today, I have a very special guest, a very close friend, a very close brother. His name is Will Chung.
1: What's popping, bro? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um yeah so i mean just just kind of diving right in i mean um so will and i uh, just quick introduction of even our relationship and our friendship um you know will is someone that i had actually uh, heard a lot about uh, probably a couple years before uh, i i actually physically connected with you will um but i just remember hearing your name a lot actually you know whether it was in certain circles or certain mutual friends. And, you know, yeah, just one thing I want to say about Will is that, you know, there's a proverb that says a man's name or a man's reputation is better than silver. And, uh, I just really want to say that to you, Will, like before Mm -hmm. I even met you, bro, like every time your name was mentioned, I mean, there was always nothing but positive things that people would share about you. Mm -hmm. And so just in my heart, I just wanted, I want you to know, like, you know, when I first met you, I was like, "Oh man, this is a real stand-up guy," and and I can tell by the way that you know people talk about you. So, anyways, um, you know, Will and I we connected really officially uh, last year uh, through some friends around uh, a, a kind of a, a team or a movement that we're a part of right now called the Arrow Movement. Um, but yeah, I mean, a- enough talking for me. But uh, Will Chung, for those who have never met you, uh, who don't know you. Please introduce yourself and and take as much time as you want.
1: Yeah, man. Um, That's funny though that you say that because that's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Yeah, because for me, I've always felt like a name is more powerful than anything you can offer. Wow. Because it's a reputation that you carry. And even being a leader or serving in a leadership position at a young age, I always felt like. Having a name that speaks for itself is going to be the most effective ways to make an impact. Anyways, um, I live in Orange County with my wife in Southern California. We have a daughter. Her name is Karis. She's 19 months. Um, Born and raised in Korea. I was born um, in Seoul, but my dad works for the U.S. Army, so I grew up in the U.S. Army base. Wow. So even though I grew up in Korea, I've been speaking English my entire life. I actually learned Korean more when I moved to the States because my mom, being an immigrant, (laughs) she started going to a church. And I started going with her, a Korean speaking church. So I actually spoke more Korean when I moved to the States than when I was in Korea, outside of family. Wow. Um, Yeah, man, so 15 years old, uh, I leave Korea, it's part of my story, but I actually ran away in the middle of a drug investigation because I was selling drugs in high school. Wow. Um, Primarily marijuana. If you're not from Korea, the law is very different there. They don't play no games, no (laughs) (laughs) games. People be getting locked up five, six, seven years for smoking a blunt there, man. But uh, I got—I I ran away in the middle wow. of a drug investigation. Uh, and then there was an international ban on me, um, trying to go back a year later. Wow. But through that process, I started going to church, a small church in Champaign-Urbana, Illinois. Wow. I encountered Jesus there. had a radical encounter. Um, mm. Radical, radical. I will even use the word supernatural. I think yeah. some of that's because I was... I guess I'll identify myself as an agnostic. Mm. So I needed to really have an encounter and a real genuine experience for me to actually believe because I had so much doubt, so many questions about God and religion, but specifically so Christianity. And then when I was, that was when I was 16, I met, I met the Lord. And by the time I was 18, I became a youth pastor. Mm. So I moved to California from Illinois to pastor a church over here in, um, in LA County. It's called Santa Fe Springs, the city of Santa Fe Springs. And yeah, man, ever since I was 18, I just been serving for eight years. I was a part of local church ministry. Yeah, During that time for 10 years, I helped a parachurch missions organization with my father-in-law. At that time, he was my mentor, mm. but now he's my father-in-law. So for 10 years, I served with him wow. at one yeah. organization. And now my wife and I, we started a ministry called The Meeting Place. Mm. Um, yeah, I married my wife. She has a PhD at UCLA. On. Um, she worked at UCLA as an adjunct professor. But now we're both running this ministry full-time together. So that's Come been a new, a new journey and experience for us, man. That's pretty much long story short, yeah. capsule version of my story yeah. what we're doing no. now.
0: No, I love it. I love it, bro. Um, I mean, I definitely have heard bits and pieces of, you know, the radical conversion. How old were yeah. you? I was 16
1: when wow. I had that encounter. Yeah.
0: Wow. And that was a, a complete 180, life-changing experience.
1: Yeah. Like I remember reading about Deal Moody. Deal Moody said when he met the Lord, like, like the sun looked different, the trees looked different, the animals looked different. Like it was literally like, like a new birth. Like I, the next day I woke up, I was like. I felt like I saw the sky for the first time, the trees for the first time, like people for the first time. I just had this supernatural, doesn't mean like everything changed overnight, but definitely there was like a new operating system that fell into my heart or my soul. And I just, I was just running off of a new, a new outlook on life. That's pretty natural. Yeah.
0: Wow. Wow. And then ever since then, I mean, I'm just kind of replaying your story pretty much, it was both you know your time in the local church, um, which you were serving at several different churches at mm-hmm. you were also involved heavily with missions, like you said, with mm-hmm. your now father in- law um, and then you know your your wife and or you and your wife, you guys started uh, this thing called TMP. Mm-hmm. Uh, share a little bit about that, will because I, I really like the story of, of how yeah. it kind of all panned out
1: yeah, man well. With the meeting place i well my wife and i we moved to mexico yeah i was serving as a a college pastor for about five years and then a youth pastor for about three years and then my wife was getting her dissertation on a community in mexico and during the time that she had to start writing Mm. she says um, i want to go to mexico Mm. so i said how are we going to do this and she was like i don't know but i'm going to go and maybe i'll drive back on the weekends yeah Whatever, right? So I was in Malaysia on a, in a trip in Malaysia, a, a leaders gathering um, in, in Malaysia. And long story short, while I was there, I just I felt like the Lord spoke to me. Um, wow. to support your wife; like wow. she's been supporting you. I need you to drop everything to support her. And also, I felt like God was also leading me to go on the field. So we were there. My wife went in in July, mm. and then we were there until December. This was 2017 July until 2018, January, 20, 2017 July till December. Yeah. Mm. We, we went in and while I was there, I always joke around, but I felt more like Jesus the five months I was there playing soccer with kids and teaching kids English than I did eight years I was a pastor. Mm. And that's kind of an exaggeration, but it's not because for the first time in, in years, yeah, I just love people. And I wasn't in this mechanic system of performing and producing and delivering. Wow. But I was just loving people. I was teaching first, second, third graders English. Wow. I was playing soccer with what we call street kids, like kids who don't go to school. A lot of them are in gangs. So like junior high school kids. And I just fell in love with life again. Wow. And then during that time, um, I was praying a lot, Mm. like a lot, like nonstop. In in fact, because I don't speak Spanish. My wife speaks Spanish. I was just always talking to God. Every morning I was spending, I think without exaggeration, like at least two to three hours in prayer and worship and the word every day I was there. Wow. During that time, as we were transitioning back to America, I just felt like I wanted people to know God and experience God the way I did while I was here. Wow. And the common denominator I felt like was I was spending time with God. Mm. And I was like, how can I, uh, start something that will equip and enable people to really meet with God and walk with God. And that came through Psalms. I was reading the book of Psalms and first and second Samuel repeatedly while I was there. Mm. And I was reading Psalm 63, where it said, uh, David says, oh, God, you are my God. Uh, Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. In this dry and weary land where there is no water. says, I have beheld your power and your glory. Mm. I could just quote the whole song. But anyways, right? So it's like, I just felt like there's hundreds and thousands of people like David who are in the desert. Because David wrote that when he was in the wilderness running from Absalom, Mm. who are thirsty and longing for God. But they don't know where to go meet with him. Wow. So pretty much, I just looked at my wife and said, I don't know what we're going to do when we go back, but I just know we're supposed to start prayer meeting. Mm-hmm. And I share with her, and I feel like God wants us to gather the hungry. By hungry, I mean people who are hungering and thirsting for the real God, mm-hmm. and also for the broken, those who've been broken by life, those who are struggling through the hardships of their life. And God was like, bring those two together into a room and see what I do. Wow. So I just, we came back. And April, that year we came back, April of 2018, we just gathered people mm. in my apartment and we just started prayer gathering. And that's kind of how we started The Meeting Place.
0: Wow. Wow. And then yeah. since then, how many years has it been, Will?
1: Oh, two and a half, two and a half years. April will be three years. It was wow. almost three years.
0: Wow. Wow. And I mean, obviously, Will's not one to, you know, talk about the things that, 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 that are happening through him. But I mean... How many people would you say you're averaging uh, on a monthly basis at these about gatherings?
1: Five, about 500. Um, wow. Our last gathering had right around 500. Before that wow. was like five, 550. Wow. Yeah, for the monthly gathering. But even through that process, um, March of last year, we started something called Praise and Prayer. Okay. Where we do daily two hours of live worship and open space for people to come. The vision behind that is threefold. It's pure adoration of Jesus. Yeah as people purely adore him they'll be personally renewed yeah and as people are individually renewed there'll be a regional revival yeah so we do that monday to friday seven to nine and we just started doing that from noon to two as well yeah honestly that's my favorite thing right now yeah like there's our average attend. this is beautiful too we have 15 people coming every night on average yeah. wow and we've been doing this five days a week seven to nine Wow. For almost a a year now in March, and our average attendance is 15 people. The reason why I love this more so, I don't want to say more, but differently and uniquely, is because um, there's no speaker. Yes. There's no um, program, really. It's literally just live worship. Yeah. And that was also inspired um, by what we've already done, but by King David. After he starts making the temple, the tabernacle of David, yeah. he hires 4,000 musicians full-time yeah. to sing day and night around the Ark of the Covenant. Wow! And I just feel like God was inspiring us to establish a place yeah. and provide a space for people who just want to do that, people who will purely adore Jesus because he is just worthy, Come on. not for any speaker, not for any good experience, but just because they believe yeah. That he is worthy of praise and worship. Come on. Come so those are on. two 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 things that we primarily do. You
0: know? Yeah. No, that's so good. I mean, actually, the last person that I interviewed, which will probably be the episode before this one airs, hmm. is um, I sit down with my good friend Billy Humphrey from IHOP Atlanta. And I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. he just blows ham on the whole 24-hour prayer thing. And yeah. Super powerful. Well, um, Man, Will, I mean, you and I, we could talk, chop up about this stuff all day long. Uh, <laughs> this is just for comic relief, but uh, Will, I call Will Chung Black Panther on the side. Yes. <laughs> that's, uh, that's Will's code name uh, in our group. Is He's known as the King of Wakanda. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, but Will, I think one of the things that, you know, just maybe shifting gears a little bit. I think the thing that I felt like was going to be so powerful to talk about with you today was on this topic of leadership. And mm. I guess I'll just take a, a moment to kind of just share maybe where, where my heart is at and, and and why I was thinking about leadership in particular. So I would say that, um, A, leadership as, a, as content and as topic is something that many people are interested in, right? I mean, we live in a world where leadership is, you know, everywhere. And, um, but I would say that, for me, I'm very interested in talking to you about this because I feel like we're in a very shifting tide around leadership right now. Sure. Um, I feel like there are definitely timeless principles uh, around just human character and, and integrity that, that never change. But I do think that the, the, the speed and, at which, um, you know, the world and, and the society is changing, I do think that there's also things that are shifting around leadership as well. Um, but yeah, I really wanted to just dive in with you, Will, because, you know, again, I just, I like, I like boasting about my, my friends, but I just feel like Will is someone that I have seen, you know, since I've met him. And, you know, I think one of the things that, um, God allows me to see sometimes is to see gifting on people. Mm -hmm. I, I would even, you know, quote unquote, call it like a part of my calling and, um, You know, one of the things that I really noticed uh, on Will's life was I was like, actually, I really believe he has a gift of leadership. Um, As the Bible would even talk about it, I believe it's in Romans 12. And so, um, yeah, so I mean, I really wanted to kind of give you the mic, Will. And maybe we'll start with this question, but like for you, as broad of a question as it is, what is leadership to you, Will? Will?
1: I think one, one word to me is impact. Mm. You know, I think John Maxwell said leadership is influence, Mm. but nowadays um, the culture we live in, there's something called influencers, like social media influencers, YouTubers, celebrities, and they all have influence. And I think that's great. I think as a part of leadership lately, as I've been in rooms with like, like global leaders, like high level leaders, like people who are literally changing the world. And I've also been in rooms with like, you know, people who have millions of followers on social media. Mm. And I think the differentiation between that is really impact. Wow. I see leadership as the ability for someone to impact someone's life for change. That they are able to touch them or inspire them that eventually impacts them to actually fulfill the purposes that they have in their life. Right. Mm. And man, there's so many ways I could go about this. But in essence, to me, leadership is the God given capacity for someone to fulfill the God given vision for an individual, for for corporate people. You wow. know, so I think really it's just impact, man. It's the ability to make an impact and for mm. me because I'm a Christian yeah. and obviously because I am in ministry yeah. is really making an impact for the kingdom of God. For your personal calling as well as your, per- as your corporate responsibility to the people that God has given you to steward.
0: Wow. Wow. Um, what would you say, Will? Um, I'm going to try to formulate my questions. But like, what would you say would be some pretty early lessons that you learned around leadership? What were some things that really within your first maybe five, six years that you really were yeah. like, Man, this is a, a huge nugget of leadership?
1: is perseverance wow right i think what separates someone an emerging leader to a leader to a season leader yeah is that they're able to persevere through every season right and not only that i feel like man leadership is so hard because there's always friction there's always tension there's always Mm -hmm. backlash there's always misunderstanding like even if you look at one of the greatest leaders ever to live whether you're christian or not Moses took a nation of slaves. Yeah, There were slaves, a couple million Israelites. And by the time he died, they were no longer slaves. They had their own land or just about to have their own land. And they became a tribe. Mm. And when you look at his leadership, it's marked by backlash. It's marked by misunderstanding, even betrayal. Wow. But one thing that he had is he always persevered. And he was able wow. to persevere through every season of the stages of leadership that he had. Mm. And I would say a second thing is backlash and hardship and conflict is all of God's inner working in a leader's life. Wow. Because leadership is primarily about character and stewardship. I will say mm. foundationally. I mean, there's, there's levels to this, but I think foundationally, Come on. all of leadership is about character and stewardship. Oh. And mm. when I say character, I mean integrity. Mm. How integral are you going to be? Mm. How obedient are you going to be? obedient yeah. right and i when i say stewardship is god always gives little before he gives much it's wow. always it's the principle we all know this is god gives a few yeah and when you're faithful with few and you and god sees you steward that yeah and once you're faithful with few god can entrust you with more wow but the only way that he can entrust you is through you suffering through hardship to be willing to steward it at a price wow and and i think character development is huge because if the foundation the foundation is now strong yeah you may be gifted but you won't last Mm. right i always say gifts may draw people but it's your character that will keep people you could be incredibly gifted speaker vision caster performer artist musician yeah and you could draw people and wall people wow people with your gift Mm. but it's your character that's going to sustain and maintain and keep the people with you. Wow. And what God would do is he will constantly test you, constantly test you. Right. And, and man, I could say it's like, it's character stewardship. Third is about people. Wow! Right? Leadership is all about people. Right? Wow. Yeah. If you're in the, if you're even in business, even though you might be producing product yeah. to be able to get people to produce that, to be able to lead people to sustain a culture. Leadership is all about people. It's about understanding people. Wow. It's about serving people. Wow. It's about loving people. Wow. And what God would do is he'll allow friction yeah. with people. And yeah. what he's doing, he's testing you. Yeah. You know, I learned this early on in my leadership. Um, I have friction with people, mm. right? Mm. And m- most people seek to be understood Mm. but leaders seek to understand wow and as a leader if you're trying to be understood before you seek to understand Mm. you're always going to hit a wall Mm. you're going to hit this wilderness wall where you're going to go back in circles and circles and this is what i used to tell people when you meet someone difficult Mm. you win that person through winning them you're going to win a thousand more people just like them wow Wow. And your, your ability to lead is really all about capacity. And when I say capacity, I mean, it's your capacity to love all sorts of people. Wow. Because most people only want to be around people like them, that think like them, that act like them, that walk like them, that look like them. Mm. But the level of leadership and influence you have is to the level that you're willing to love people different from you. Wow. And what God does is he brings people to you that drive you crazy. Mm. But you have to realize you drive them crazy just as much as they drive you crazy. Wow. And a a leader that's seeking true love and humility. Yeah. They realize that I'm just as much of the problem as this person is. Wow. So they seek God for understanding and humility. Mm. And this is what I've learned. You meet a person that's difficult. Yeah. And if you don't resolve it and you cut them off or you move on, you'll meet that person again in someone else later in another form, in another form, maybe in another (laughs) race, maybe in another organization, maybe in another setting, but you'll meet them again. Yeah. And what you'll realize is God is giving you the grace to test you again. Mm. Will you have the humility and the capacity to love this person? Yeah. And so for me, so much of leadership has been first about character and stewardship, but even about people. Yeah. And as I, um, I just meet that person again, man. Yeah. And the sooner <laughs> I learn how to love them and the yeah. sooner I learn how to serve them. Yeah. The more impact I will have in people like them. Right. right? Wow. So wow. even in my leadership, I go back, if I can go back, cause I've been, you know, I've been a pastor for 12 years now. Right. And yeah. people, when they we here, the word pastor, they think we're just reading the Bible and just talking. No, pastoral leadership is all about leading. It's about growing people. It's about, growing an organization it's about delivering metrics and fulfilling your vision right and wow. for me i've learned it's just all about people dog <laughs> <laughs> it's all about people
0: come on bro you know yeah. i was just laughing bro while you were talking i mean it's it's funny because there's a, a phenomenon that i've noticed happen too especially i would say in the last five six years in particular but you know how you were talking about like you know if, if you don't deal with a certain type of person in one season, that person's going to reappear in another season. And I, I resonate with that as well. But what I wanted to say was what I've noticed is that sometimes God will allow me to see myself in another person's behavior towards me. Does that make sense? So like, I just, I'm just keeping it a thousand today, but like, you know, I know that there's been times where I have been, like this towards someone that I was under so to speak right or that sure. that I was reporting to right like I knew that I had these tendencies and the funny thing is is that in another season God would bring someone in my life that had those characteristics that I had for me to almost identify like oh my gosh that's what so and so felt when I was under them you know what I'm saying and sure. uh and I just I just you know as I as I take a step back and I think about even those you know, scenarios, like it really was humbling because I was like, man, that's, that's what I was like. Like God allowed me to see myself from the other side of the fence, so to speak. So for sure, uh, bro. no, bro, this is so good, man. I mean, you know, you're talking about people, Will. You're talking about um, at the end of the day, it's all about people. Is there anything more you want to share on
1: that, bro? No, I was just going to say like, to me, those are the foundational things. Right. Yeah, I remember I heard someone say, basic though they say uh basic things you learn and move on yeah foundational things you learn and relearn and relearn and relearn and relearn relearn, right elementary things you learn and move on yeah principles you grow and grow and grow and grow so for me if character and stewardship and people Mm -hmm. those are principles and foundational and you'd never graduate from it Mm. that's why in every season there's someone difficult in your life like you feel like oh i finally resolved it with this person (laughs) and there's another difficult person right and that's why the moment you feel like oh i finally feel like i'm good with patience the next thing god takes you through is your ambition right because character and relationships are all in a stewardship it's the idea of Will you be faithful with the few that I've given you, right? It's the principle of Joseph. Joseph was faithful as a slave. Yeah. He was faithful in prison. He yeah. was faithful in Potiphar's house. And yeah. then he was faithful when he became, uh, you know, prime minister. And even David. David was faithful serving his father. He was faithful serving Saul. He was yeah. faithful taking lunch to his brothers when they were in war. And yeah. he was faithful as a musician. He was faithful as an administrator, an armor bearer. Yeah. And then he was faithful as a king. So these are things you never graduated from. But I think wow. What I see the second stage of leadership is then you start discovering your gifts, right? Mm. A lot of people try to discover their gifts before they go through the fire of persevering through hardship and struggles. Mm. But as you're faithful, as you work on your character, and as you meet people, God begins to give you opportunities. Mm. And these opportunities... A lot of times in our generation, we're seeking out opportunities. But I always say, hey, if you're faithful, people would take notice of who you are and they'll give you opportunities, right? Because leadership starts from you serving that's and good. you're working under and leaders over you see that and notice that and they give you responsibilities and roles. So the second tier I would say of leadership to me is usually it's, it's giftings. Mm. You start discovering, hey, because... I, you're usually the last one to discover your gifts. Yeah, because for you it's just normal. Yeah, like singers don't know they're good at singing because they're just singing, right? Right. Right. But as they're in these new opportunities, people say, "Yo, you're you're a good singer." Like, so for me, yeah, I was eighteen, I was sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, people are like, "Yo, like you're you're good at speaking." Mm. I had no idea I was good at speaking. Mm. Uh, People say, "Yo, you're such a leader." Wherever I had no idea. Yeah. And then what happens is, as you steward and you're faithful, God starts opening opportunities for you to now, now, then now discover your gifts. Yeah. And now gifting is a little different because now you have to focus. Mm. You have to specialize. Wow. You have to strategize. You mm. have to. At this stage, in the early stage, the power is in your yes. Wow. You say yes to every opportunity to serve. You say yes to opportunities to do new things, but at the stage of giftings, the power is in your no. Now that you have some influence, now that you have responsibility, you start saying no more so that you can focus on your yes. So you Mm. can start focusing on avenues and lanes to which that you now know, this is what I believe God's calling me to do. Mm. And at this stage, people start saying stuff like, you changed, (laughs) they start (laughs) saying stuff like, you know, you don't hang out with us no more. Yeah. They start saying stuff like, man, how come you don't go speak here or do this? But in reality, they don't understand that now you're stewarding at another level. Wow! You're not just stewarding faithfulness, but you're stewarding your influence. You're yeah. stewarding your impact. Wow. And it's at this level that God begins to give you, resp- what would be the right phrase? He starts not just giving you tasks to steward. Mm-hmm. He starts mm-hmm. giving you people to steward. Wow. He starts giving you responsibilities as people. So I remember I heard this one day. One of my mentors, he told me this. He gave me this illustration. He said, he said, Pastor Will. Mm. He said, what's up? He's, he's not in the church world, but he calls me pastor. Yeah. He's in the business world. And this is what he said to me. He said, when a soldier makes a mistake, yeah, he dies. Yeah. He says, when a lieutenant makes a mistake, 50 people die under him. That's right. He said, when a colonel makes a mistake, yeah. a thousand people could die. Yes. And then he says, when a general makes a mistake, an entire nation could be at stake. Wow. And he looked at me and said, you're no longer a soldier. You're yeah. no longer a lieutenant. Wow. He says, you are now about to become a colonel and a general. Yeah. And if you are not stewarding and being very careful with your decisions, with the people under you, wow. it's going to have collateral damage. Wow. So I was like, wow. That's some deep stuff. And it's just wow. true. There's levels to this, right? There's wow. stages to this. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize this. They think they're still a soldier, but now they're actually a colonel. Mm. They don't realize they're playing a different game. They don't realize they thought they were playing wee basketball, but they're actually now about to enter college ball. Yes. Right. You can't play by the same rules. They thought they were playing rugby, but now they're playing tackle football. They thought they're playing touch football. Yeah. But now they're in tackle football. Yeah. So a lot of times leaders don't transition to the next stage of leadership. Mm. And they still act and talk like who they were, but mm. they don't realize their impact and influence and the level of stewardship that God's entrusting them with is at a higher level. Wow, I'm just going through all these different phases, but I feel like, oh, yeah, so you start important. you start discovering your gifts. Mm. So for me, like, man, man, when I was dealing with high school kids, yeah, I'm like, yo, shut up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm dealing with college kids, it's like, hey, man, um, um, pay attention. <laughs> yeah, you want my attention? I love you. Yeah. But when you start dealing with CEOs, yeah, you start dealing with people who. And, and and parents who have four or five kids, yeah, you, you got to transition and shift to yeah. the type of level of leadership you need to be able to steward and serve them. Wow. So I say, if if phase one is about your character and stewardship and people, and that's just that's just principles. Phase two wow. is, it's about your giftingness, right? You discover your gifts. You discover what you are and what you're not. You discover wow. what you're good at, what you're bad at, and yeah. phase three. It's this idea of God that starts begin to give you influence. Mm. He begins to give you impact, and you got to be much more careful in how you carry yourself. Wow! At that stage, I, man, I could go on and on. I think about it This is all impromptu, but like, no, bro, this, di- this, yeah. is cold. this is yeah. This is gold. Keep going, bro. If, I, I mean, think about like David in the caves. Yeah, he has. It says unwanted criminals and fugitives came to him and he yeah. became their leader. And they were yeah. David's mighty men. Yeah. And at that stage, everything he did spoke volumes. For example, I don't know if it was Joab, but someone says when Saul was in the cave, Saul was in the cave and that uh, David and his, David and his men were arresting him. Yeah. And they're like, let's kill him. It's time. Yeah. God has given your enemies into your hands and David begins to cut off his cloak. Yeah. But his conscience strikes him. Yeah. And he says and pretty much is saying I will not take that. I will not succeed at that which God has not allowed. Mm. I will not take the kingdom mm. at a time where God is not seasoned the right time for it. Yeah. And he doesn't do it and in that moment all the mighty men saw him yes. not take matters into his own hands. Wow. At that time, David could have caused a civil war. He could have caused bloodbath like crazy. But David now knows he's at a different level where he is now held accountable to people who are around him. Mm. Not only that, I forget when, but later, David says, I'm thirsty. And his men say, there's water in in the camp where the Philistines are. So David doesn't even ask for water, but they go and they bring water for him. And David, instead of drinking it, he pours it on the ground. That's right. He says, how will I drink this water when my people are dying of thirst? Yeah. So those are all things that David began to realize, I'm at this different level. Mm. I'm now a model. I'm now yeah. an example. Yeah. What I do has more impact than what I say. Yeah. How I live has more impact than my messages. Yeah. Um, how I treat people has more impact than the revenue in my bank account. How I talk to my wife has more impact than how I talk to my leadership. How mm-hmm. I lead when no one's watching has more impact than what people see on YouTube and Instagram. Yeah. And so people don't realize that's the accumulated. Uh, it's like compound interest in leadership. Yeah. yeah, you begin to develop compound interest as you have character, as you have integrity, as you steward, as you discover your gifts, yeah. as God begins to give you roles and responsibilities. Yeah. Anyways, but these all these I've been learning recently, you know. Wow, this is good. This is good. I mean,
0: yeah. what would you say, Will? To, I mean, obviously, what you're laying out right now is you're basically unpacking these principles, right? Of mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. being this first, this first level, so to speak, or yeah, you know, gifts. How do you, uh, you know, steward your gifts? So these are all principles. What would you say would be like for the younger leader? who is discovering that they're a leader, right? Or discovering that they have influence, right? And they're they're asking the question, practically speaking, right? Like, what can I do or what can I um, either read or investigate? Like, what are the practical things that I can implement into my life that will make me more uh, successful or make me more uh, uh, adept to this thing called leadership,
1: Yeah. I think first thing I would say is look to what you have and not what you want. Okay. And look to who you have and not who you wish to have. So what I mean by that, again, is this idea of being faithful to where you are. Yeah. It's, I think because of social media and because of millennials and Gen Z. Yeah. I forget, man. I think someone, I'm totally misquoting this. I think they say millennials will have up to 30 something jobs by the time they're 40. Something crazy like that because we believe and we – I've bought into the lie that the grass is greener on the other side. Mm. That's not true. Mm. That's just not true. (laughs) Wow. And I remember hearing someone once use an illustration. When they were growing up, they had like six channels. Mm. So even if you didn't like what was on TV, you would at least watch one hour of one thing. Wow. But now we have a thousand channels. So instead of watching one thing, we spend one hour flipping through a thousand channels, wow. thinking that we're going to find something we'll like. And wow. then once we feel, I'll find another channel. So, in the same way, leadership is not about finding an opportunity, mm. it's about you becoming the person wherever you are. Yeah. So, leadership is not about what you do, but it's about who you are. Mm. And you can't become what God wants you to be unless you steward what you have now yeah. um, is what who you have and what you have is the principle of multiplying what you've been given mm-hmm. rather than trying to find a better opportunity thinking that that is going to make you better yeah this is an illustration i don't know if this is true but um i heard a a, a pastor once say when his when joseph's brothers sold him to slavery yeah it says that Joseph had a coat of many colors Mm. and it was a coat that his father gave him. And they saw that as like a sign of favor. They Mm. saw that this quote that uh, uh, I think it was Jacob gave Joseph was what made Joseph special. So the Bible actually says they took Joseph's coat and they put him into a ditch thinking that it was the coat that made him special, but it was actually Joseph that made the coat special. Mm. In other words, you should bring value wherever you are. Yeah. You, like the Bible literally says Joseph has success wherever he went. Mm. David has success wherever he went. Mm. Especially when you're a young leader, you should bring value and you should bring solutions wherever yeah. you are. If you want to learn, so good. if you want to grow in leadership, be a person that brings solutions. Wow. Wow. Don't be a person that just identifies problems because everyone sees problems. But as a young leader, identify the problem and then bring solutions. Wow. And if you bring solutions, you'll find favor with God. You'll find favor with your supervisor your manager and your boss. Yeah. And Joseph brought solutions. He brought solutions in prison. He brought solutions when they could not interpret the dreams of Potiphar. David brought solutions when Saul was being tormented by demons, he played an instrument and he brought solutions. When Goliath was taunting Israel, he killed Goliath and brought a solution. So I want to tell you, as you're faithful with where you are, think about where can I bring value and solutions to the organization that I'm at? And then in time, Mm. you'll know when it's your time to move on. Yeah. Because you'll hit a ceiling where you know I brought as many solutions as I can to this ministry or this organization or this business. Yeah. And a time will come where someone will spot that and God will use them to bring you up. Mm. Does, does that make sense? So I would say no, one, bring solutions, be yeah. faithful where you are with who you are Two, yeah, be a reader. Yeah. Be a learner. Yeah. And when I say reading in essence, I'm saying be a learner. Um, yeah. I heard a quote. I think it's, um, I forget where I heard this. Oh, it was, um, it was a, business, a business luncheon where this guy was giving a, a leadership talk to business leaders. He's a billionaire. Yeah. Yeah. And he said this, he just a simple quote. He said, wise people learn from their mistakes. Mm. Wiser people learn from the mistakes of others. Yeah. But the wisest person learns from the success of others. Mm. Interesting. And he says, Get around successful people yeah. and learn from what they've done. That's so true. for me, I read like crazy. Um, mm. I wish I could read more. Yeah. And one, I, I read the Bible like crazy because I think some yeah. of the most successful people to ever to live are in the Bible. And I yeah. think Jesus was the most, whether you're a Christian or not, yeah, the greatest, most impactful, most influential Absolutely. leader to ever live. Absolutely. So I would say if you don't have leaders around you that you have access to, you have access to them through their writing, Mm. through their books, Mm. through their content. So Mm. I would say read like a beast (laughs) and learn from the success of others. And that will begin to impact you whether you know it or not. No, this is good, bro.
0: Um, I think there's so many like little sub-genres uh, of information that I think you just shared. I mean, I think I especially really enjoyed or really resonated with what you were saying about, you know, being a solution oriented person or bringing you mm-hmm. wherever you went. I mean, I remember for myself, like, you know, it's funny. My dad has all these like axioms or these maxims that I totally was just like, I shut up. You know what I mean? When I was younger, yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah. ain't no one listening to that. But the older I get, um, you realize, man, everything that he said when I was younger was, like, just full of wisdom, you know? Yeah. And that was always the thing that he he would mention would be, you know, Andy, there's type A person who points out the problem, and then there's type B that has comes up with a solution. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if you be a solution person, like, people will always value you because you bring value um, to the table. So, no, I think this is so good, Nothing
1: drives me more crazy than someone that, says all their problems and i say what are you going to do about it and they have no idea (laughs) (laughs) bro i i heard that bro um i'll I'll say one more thing just about the reading yeah yeah, you're good if i can yeah and this is not to boast about myself because honestly it's, it's the grace of god and yeah i don't know why right and there's people who have way more influence than me and way more impact uh, so for me, my highest value is godliness, it's not even impact, but in the topic of impact and influence and leadership, yeah, I think I was like 20, man, honestly, I'm butchering the timeline, but I know I was less than 25 because I wasn't married. Mm. And I know I wasn't engaged. I must have been 23, 22. Yeah. And by this, I, me- I was traveling a lot, speaking a lot, um, a lot, right? More than anyone I knew my age. Mm. At this point, I didn't know anyone at my age. 20 to 23, traveling across the nation, speaking and leading and doing things. And I remember I was on the airplane to New York. Mm. And this is just a conversation between me and God. I never really talked about it in public, but just given this conversation, I was sitting there and I was like, God, I, at this time I was starting to pray. I felt lonely. I mm. felt like my peers didn't understand me. It's not that I'm better or worse. It was just right. a matter of fact. I felt like my peers didn't understand the burden of leading Hundreds of people, you know, yeah. having a budget of tens and thousands of dollars at, in my early 20s. And I started to think, like, why, why am I feeling this? But second, my question on the plane was, yeah. how did I get here? Mm. Like, why am I doing the things I'm doing? My, and it's hard for me um, yeah. to wrap my head around it. And it hit me. I, I remember I was sitting and I was reading, actually, a biography at that time about Charles Spurgeon. Mm. And I actually felt like God said, it's because your peers are actually dead people. You mm. have become peers with Charles Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon and Le- Leonard Ravenhill and, wow. and Wesley and, and all of these different authors I've been reading. And my peers, without me knowing, yeah. have become these prolific authors. Wow. And I have identified with them a lot more. Not that I'm on that level, because I'm not. I don't think I ever will be. Yeah. But I just, I begin to commune with them. Mm. I begin to commune with Jonathan Edwards and Charles Spurgeon and Wesley. I begin to commune. With the senior leaders, and I was reading their content, and it began to impart mm. onto me. Mm. And I just wanna say, that's why I think reading and, and learning and being around really a go- amazing, godly, high impact leaders is gonna really pay off in the long haul. Mm. Anyways, man, I just wanna share that. No,
0: it's good, bro. I mean, really, what I hear you saying, bro, is that you gave a place of honor for these men and women that had gone before you and that clearly had, whether we just call it for what it is, they had a success in their life, right? Success not determined by a certain dollar metric, but success meaning that they fulfilled their call, right? They fulfilled the thing that they were called to do. And I just think that this is cool, bro, because I think what you're saying is that you had this place of honor for who they were and what they brought. And, you know, I think there is an incredible... Principle of even around honor, right, like even the Bible says that when you honor someone for who they are, you end up receiving the reward that they bring with them, and I just feel like that's you know that's kind of what I was hearing as I heard you share that
1: you know it was interesting. I listened to a and um, a Q&A recently of Timothy Keller, I think he was at Gospel coalition, but it yeah. was a he, he did a q and a about preaching yeah, and one of his points before the q and a was about reading yeah. And I think he said, read broadly, read deeply. Like after he had this thing. Yeah. Pretty much someone asked him a question, why do you read so much? Mm. And his answer was so profound. And I think he said what I felt. He said, because I'm desperate to reach people.
0: Wow.
1: Wow. And he said, I read so much because I'm desperate to reach people. Mm. And he said, I read secular books because I'm desperate to reach secular people. Mm. I read theological books cuz I'm desperate to feed people. And for me, I think yes, there was an honor aspect to it. Yeah. Yeah. But becoming a youth pastor at 18, yeah, and my students were 18, 17, 16, yeah. I was leading people my age. Yeah. I was so desperate cuz I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I had only been a Christian for two years. Yeah. Um, I have not read the Bible front to back when I became a pastor. Yeah. I was in accommodated learning. When mm. I was in, growing up in junior and high school, I was in accommodated learning. Mm. So I had open book tests. I had expulsion hearings. I was suspended on a regular basis. I, when I graduated college, my parents were crying because they said, we never thought you we were going to graduate high school. Wow. So for me, it wasn't just that I wanted to honor them because that, that's key. But i felt so inadequate i felt so incompetent and unable but in essence i was so desperate to steward and 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 love the people that god has given me yeah so in many ways i think that what keller said was so like yeah that's that's right yeah because i'm desperate to reach people at a level that i don't feel equipped that i am right now yeah no
0: and This yeah. is this, this is total side note sidetrack. My MBTI stuffs kicking in. I'm like, yeah. I don't. I'm like, this is obviously a universal principle that applies to For everyone. Sure.
1: But my wiring as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I couldn't help but to think that there's so many. Um, so, Will's an ENTJ. Secrets out. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, there's so many ENTJ INTJs in particular that I realize they have that very strong tendency. Is like. Whenever they're in a situation where they don't know something, they will literally devour everything wow. that is on that topic. To you I know, didn't even know that, bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true about me. I didn't know that was true about all <laughs> ANTJs and INTJs.
0: Well, it's uh, yeah, it's just, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely a characteristic. I think For that sure. they want to find out as much information on something as possible so that they can become effective in the thing that you know yeah. whatever it is that they're doing. That's no, bad. bro, um, bro. I, I, as we're kind of winding down on this podcast, bro. I mean, I kind of have one final question for you. And uh, sorry for yeah, this, yeah. This is real life. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but my final question to you would be this. Um, so one of, the, one of the things that, that we're attempting to do uh, through this podcast um, is around spiritual intelligence, right? So mm-hmm. I say it on every episode, we are really making uh, spiritual things real, relevant, and relatable for people. That's really what we're, tend- that's what, that's what we're attempting to do. And for you, I mean, you've obviously taken us through such an incredible power-packed journey of so many actually just strong principles around leadership. My final question to you would be, what role does spiritual intelligence, or, you know, if we wanted to make it even more overt, like what role is a communion with the Holy Spirit? um, What role does spiritual intelligence play for you, Will, especially in the context of uh, of leadership?
1: Huge. You already kind of touched on it. I think there's... I want to use the word, I mean, I'm just, by the way, I'm just, I'm just staying at the top of my please, dome, right? Please, so the there's two types of spiritual intelligence in me. One is the Imago day, mm. is how God created you, your natural design. Yeah. And two is um, pneumatology, if you could say that. It's the leading of the spirit. So one, yeah. you just said this, I'm an ENTJ yeah so so much of leadership is about discovering mm. who God made you to be, yeah a lot of times we talk about Christology who we are in Christ, yeah but who are we in the Father, and the differentiation between that is in Christ we are redeemed, we are adopted, we are cleansed, we are renewed, but in the Father, you have a certain personality wow. you have you have a you have a temperament wow. you have an ethnicity wow. you have a certain traits about you, you're, you're analytical, maybe you're not analytical, you're a musician, you're more rationalistic, you're more people oriented, you're more, you know, rational, analytic oriented. So, so much of leadership is about discovering how God created you. Psalm 139, in my mother's womb, you created me, you knit yeah. me in my mother's womb, you formed me and you made me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. So it's about embracing yeah. who you are. I heard a quote saying, be confident in who you are. Mm. No, no, it's, um, it's uh, yeah, be confident in who you are and comfortable in who you're not. Mm. Mm-hmm. Be confident in who you are. Who you are is what God made you to be, but also be comfortable in who you're not. Mm. When you can embrace not just your gifts, but your limitations, and this mm. is God's design yeah god designed you so that you need others so that you could you could work with others so that you can know that you're not god and he is Mm. so you embrace the way he's made you both in your strengths and your weaknesses yeah and i always say work on your strengths and staff against your weaknesses that's good focus on the way you've been made but get around people who are stronger in the areas you're not. So that would say that's Imago Dei. That's the image of God that's been made in you, how God made you, who you are in the way that God the Father made you. Mm. And now you're redeemed in Christ. So you have confidence. Yeah. You're, you're free of condemnation. You know that you're forgiven. But now when I say pneumatal in the spirit yeah. is being led by the spirit to do what God's called you to do. Yeah. Jesus said, I do nothing that I do not see my father first doing yeah um being led by the spirit is yielding yourself yielding your ambitions yielding your strengths and using it for the purposes and the glory and the leadership of christ uh Mm -hmm. let me give you an example a lot of leaders i've i've noticed are usually high level leaders are usually impatient Mm. and high level leaders usually impatient because they have the capacity and the wiring to get things done yes and because they're impatient, they actually work in the flesh more than they move in the spirit. Let me give you an example. Mm. Abraham forced Ishmael. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he forcefully went into Hagar. Yeah. While the promise was Sarah, he took a second, second level blessing, I guess, because yeah. he took it in his own ability, in his own strength. Wow. And he made it happen. Mm. Why, if he would have yielded to the spirit's leading... Yeah. to the God's timing he could have waited for Isaac. Mm. Second example is Moses. Moses was impatient mm. so he he hit the rock. That's right. Instead of speaking to the rock mm. and water w- while water came down, yeah. he still quenched the Holy Spirit. He grieved right. the Holy Spirit. Mm. So what I would say to a lot of high-level leaders is follow God's leadership through the Holy Spirit, through mm. fasting and praying and waiting upon the Lord. Mm. It's not just God's will, it's not just God's what, it's God's when. Yeah. And so much of spiritual intelligence as leaders is not yeah. just discerning what does he want me to do, but it's discerning when he wants me to do it. And it's really about sitting with the Lord and prayer and fasting and then yielding and surrender Mm. And trusting that God will lead you according to his ways. Mm. Um, so good. There's a difference between secular leadership and Christian leadership. Secular absolutely. leadership is, absolutely. I do what yeah. I want and what I believe absolutely. and what others want. Yeah. Christian leadership is, I do what God wants. Yeah. End of story. I equate success as yeah. obedience in the eyes of God. Yeah. To me, success is not fruitfulness, though I believe that's a part of it. Yeah. Success for John the Baptist was being beheaded and being murdered, right? Yeah. Success for Jesus was being crucified on the cross. Yeah. So for the Christian, success is obeying God. Mm. And obeying God, I could go on forever, but in essence, yeah. obeying the scriptures, but also yeah. obeying the voice. Yeah. Right. I think it's in Psalm 107, 103, or 103, 107. Quote me if I'm wrong. I don't know. It yeah, says, yeah. yeah. Israel knew the deeds of God, yeah. but Moses knew the ways of God. That's right. That's right. And the ways of God is the heart of God. Yeah. And you only know the heart of God if you sit with God and you, mm-hmm. you were with God. Mm. Yeah, man, I can go on forever. I don't want to keep no. going, on, bro. No, so <laughs> good,
0: bro. So good. And I mean, I think even when you were differentiating between, you know, let's just say the difference between, you know, uh, secular and, you know, Christian or let's just say non-Christian and those who are called to, to Christian successfulness. You know, I definitely think even the Imago Day that applies to everyone. You know, that Absolutely. applies to everybody. That's just a universal principle is that you find out your hard wiring, you find out the more aware of yourself you are, the more effective in whatever it is that you're gonna be. Yeah. Bro, Will, I really enjoyed uh, this podcast, bro. I think you really did a great job, man, of just not only sharing kind of, I would say, these core principles around leadership. But I think you definitely left a lot of food for thought. I know there's a lot of food for thought for myself. Um, my man, is there any last words that you would want to share before we uh, tie a ribbon?
1: Now, nah, bro. Just tell that person to stop texting you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
0: I don't know what's going on. It's my family's uh, text thread. They're all like, I don't know. It's so funny. They're, they're text- I hope
1: everything's okay, man. I guess the last thing I would say is just, um, well, first, if you're not a Christian. Yeah there's a reason why you are the way you are. Mm. There's a reason why you went through what you went through. There's a reason why you are uniquely designed and it's not by coincidence. There is an architect. Yeah. There is a creator behind the way you're made and wired. And there's also an author behind the story of what you've gone through. And I want to encourage you to um, try Jesus, try God. And to the Christian, I want to say to you, like, um, it's about the long-term. It's not about short-term success. It's about where you, where are we going to be in our 60s and 70s and 80s? Yeah. Not about immediate overnight success. It's about long-term generational impact. And I want to encourage you, if, as long as you have the long-term vision, you can endure the short-term struggles. Come on. So I want to encourage you, don't give up. Know that you will reap a harvest if you don't give up and that God sees you and he's preparing you and training you and positioning you for you to do what he's calling you to do. Come
0: on. Well, guys, as always, I appreciate you guys tuning in to the Navi Design Podcast. As always, I hope and pray that uh, this content brings value and is something that you feel like you can practically apply in your life. Uh, Again, if you have enjoyed this episode, please share on social media, and you can also leave a, a comment or a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks and God bless. Boom. Do you want to stop?